It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Janice Dean. I'm David Asman. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, February 24th, 2022. I'm Eben Brown. A full day's worth of Russia's invading Ukraine and city dwellers scurry to hide or maybe to fight. What happened today was just a shock to many when it was really a blitzkrieg from north, south and east. Over 150 missiles fired and really a capability that the Russian military didn't have two decades ago. This is the Fox News Rundown War in Ukraine. The war being made by Russian President Vladimir Putin is no longer a border incursion. It is a full-fledged assault, not just on the ground, but by air, and not just in small regions where Russian separatists are in control, but even in Lviv, in the country's far west, the war is ever-present. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. The mayor of this city spoke earlier and said, in fact, some airstrikes had taken place on the outskirts of the city to actually make, make tanks. And there are also some military targets, apparently, that the Russians uh, tried to take out. Fox News correspondent Lucas Tomlinson, who is often reporting from the Pentagon, has been in Ukraine for a number of weeks now. And he is reporting tonight from the city of Lviv, which is very close to the Polish border and only hours away from Russian troops stationed in Belarus. Not clear if it was short-range ballistic missiles or Russian fighter jets that uh, carried out the strikes. But there were some airstrikes here, according the city's mayor. And you're right, it is a different place here. Uh, Lviv is the cultural capital of Ukraine. It's located about six hours west of the capital of Kiev. It is about 40 miles east of the Polish border. It's a very different vibe out here, whereas Kiev is, you know, an Eastern Bloc city. It feels like Eastern Europe. It feels like an ex-Soviet city. Here in Lviv, it feels very much like Western Europe. Uh, It's a beautiful city. Uh, It actually reminds me of Brussels or Paris or maybe even Rome. So many Americans are learning now what Ukraine is like. Uh, But uh, I I would have to say, uh, knowing what I know about uh, uh, Lviv, it's a university town as well. You have a lot of students there. This has to be incredibly... Um, incredibly frightening for them. It's uh, this is this is scary for anybody. War attacks like this is is incredibly frightening. But uh, there's a lot of young people in Lviv. There are a lot of young people, and you're right. It is a university town. It's it's about the size of Boston and has the feel of Boston. It's uh, roughly a million people here, and it's home to one of the oldest universities in the country. You know, Ukraine's about the size of Texas, and even though. We're out here in the western part of the country. Certainly, because it's a university town filled with students, they have family all over the country. And I spoke to a number of students who were busy looking at their uh, phones, looking, checking on loved ones, hearing stories, of course, reading uh, about what has been happening, and frankly, just a lot of people in disbelief. For weeks, I've I've been in country now for over three weeks. Most of the people I spoke to, young and old, did not think the Russians would do this. They did not think Vladimir Putin would launch a full-scale invasion of the country, despite the dire warnings from the Pentagon and the White House, 
Most people just shrugged. They thought this was Putin squeezing the country economically. The, the country had already lost billions. Certainly, just tourism alone, to pick one business, had suffered. You know, not many people were choosing to come to Ukraine in the past few weeks, as you can imagine, as 150,000 Russian troops, you know, lined the country from the north, south, and east. And what happened today was just a shock to many when it was really a blitzkrieg from north, south, and east. Over 150 missiles fired, and really a capability that the Russian military didn't have you know, two decades ago, certainly when you look at Russia's invasion of Georgia in 2008, they used about half the troops. There were a number of friendly fire instances. There was trouble communicating. Putin has modernized his military. In fact, we got our first taste of it in the Syrian intervention beginning in 2015 when Russian warships were suddenly firing caliber cruise missiles and hitting targets the way Tomahawk cruise missiles come off the rails of guided missile destroyers. So it really got the world's attention, frankly surprised a lot of the Pentagon brass that Russia was so capable. And I think it's one of the reasons Putin was so emboldened to carry out this massive invasion today. It's uh, certainly a frightening thing. I think the United States military has always prided itself on being uh, untouchable in, in many ways, that it, uh, uh, it could not be bested. Uh, at one point in our history, we um, we we insisted on in, on readiness that we would be able to fight two wars at once. Uh, World War II, essentially, we did that. We fought in Europe. We fought in in uh, in Asia and the Pacific. Um, with with a modernized uh, Russian military, that does change the dynamic, don't you think? I mean, the, you you have reported sure. from the Pentagon. You're now. Uh, in the thick of war, and we'll get a little bit more to the being in the thick of it. But I do want you to talk more about uh, about how this is a game changer, and and how the how the U.S. military needs to react to this, not just in the in the next two days, but but strategically long term. Well, let's start with this. Russia is a nuclear power. They have more nuclear warheads than any country in the world. The United States and Russia have about ninety percent of the world's nukes. And when it comes to dealing with Russia, you have to see Russia through that lens. You know, a lot of reporters were asking today at the press conference with President Biden, why not enact the swift sanctions? Certainly a lot of Europeans, it doesn't appear, want to go that route. I think there's also some concern at the top levels if you push Russia too far. Not necessarily saying it could go nuclear, but just their desire to push a nuclear power. It certainly is a game changer. This is not like fighting al-Qaeda or the Taliban, uh, you know, guys in, in flip-flops and firing Kalashnikovs or using crude uh, bombs made out of, you know, fertilizer and, and garage door openers, as, as horrible as that was. You're dealing now with a country that has, you know, 80% of its nuclear forces are modernized. We saw those dramatic images last weekend of you know, at least seven different types of missiles being test fired, one of them being an intercontinental ballistic missile from a mobile launcher, something the United States doesn't even use. You know, our intercontinental ballistic missiles, 400 of them are in silos in North Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, and, and Colorado. And so the fact that, you know, you're dealing with this modernized nuclear power, even though their economy is the size of Italy, when it comes to the military, they're a first-rate power. And I think that's certainly frightening, and we're we're seeing some of that first-rate firepower. I think over these past uh, uh, day or so, with the the onslaught by by air, by land, uh, certainly uh, in Kiev, but also Lviv. Uh, let, let's talk about 
being on the receiving end of incoming. This is a, for anyone that's been in in a war zone, whether you you work there or you've you've had the misfortune of being caught there. It is not fun. This is not thrill seeking time. This is deadly. This is this will scare you. This will will show you exactly how mortal you are. Tell tell us about what you've been enduring these past uh, 12, uh, 15 hours. Well, the big thing I've witnessed is just the change and attitudes and on people's faces. You know, for days, people were denying that the Russians were going to come big the way they have today. They thought this was all about Putin flexing his muscle. Uh, retired Lieutenant General Ben Hodges, the former head of U.S. Army Europe, he thought that the Russian forces were encircling Ukraine to squeeze it, cut it off economically. Maybe they would invade from the Sea of Azov. But not many people here on the ground in Ukraine predicted this. So just to see the fear in people's eyes, to see long lines of people uh, desperate to get cash. Uh, you know, you saw the images of people fleeing the capital, highways jammed. Uh, I went to a number of uh, markets, uh, small groceries, saw long lines of people getting supplies. You know, some people might say, why didn't they do this weeks ago in preparation? People just didn't think it would happen. You know, many residents I spoke to for weeks have been saying, well, we've been at war. They thought this, you know, war with Russia meant this dirty separatist war that had been going on for the last eight years in eastern Ukraine, mostly artillery fire, the occasional tank round. But what people, you know, witnessed today was the full thrust of the Russian military. It was actually quite striking. You know, over 150 short-range ballistic missiles and cruise missiles were launched. And the Russian military claims they hit military targets. And so far, that appears to have borne out just because if there were any kind of mass uh, civilian casualty events, I think you'd, you'd be hearing about it, you'd be seeing it more, you'd be seeing the images. Uh, Russia went hard to disable Ukraine's military, particularly its air defense systems. You notice this has been so far like a two-pronged attack. The initial wave was short-range ballistic missiles, cruise missiles, some airstrikes, but mostly missiles to destroy the air defense systems. Then you saw these waves of helicopter gunships and air assaults on an airport just outside of Kiev. I think one of the biggest surprises for many, even those that, that thought there'd be a large invasion, did not think there'd be this lightning strike on the Capitol. There were many in the Pentagon who thought that, but certainly not on the ground here. And so to have, as we speak, Russian and Ukrainian forces battling it out just outside the Capitol and really Russia's goal to decapitate the Ukrainian government, that's where we are right now. And it's not clear that Ukraine's going to be able to hold out. There is some signs that Ukraine, the Ukrainian forces are fighting valiantly. There's certainly been some tanks destroyed, a few helicopters shot down with U.S. supplied Stinger anti-aircraft missiles. Uh, but it's, it's a definitely a fierce fight and, frankly, something that Europe has not seen since World War II. You've been listening to Fox News correspondent Lucas Tomlinson reporting from Lviv, Ukraine, on the Fox News rundown, War in Ukraine. We'll have more straight ahead. Uh, the route into Ukraine certainly puts him a heck of a lot closer to NATO, where he says he didn't want to be, uh, because uh, from from where you are, from where you are right now, you're not that far from Poland, uh, and Poland is just in the middle of this north and south run of of former Soviet uh, or communist nations that uh, uh, are now NATO members. And isn't that the irony? You know, for months. Vladimir Putin said one of the reasons 
He wanted security guarantees, especially with Ukraine not joining NATO. He did not want uh, NATO countries on his border. Of course, he already has, you know, some in the Baltics, but he did not want to uh, expand the number of NATO countries coming to his border. Now, if he were to be successful in taking Ukraine, think about all the NATO nations that border Ukraine. So it, it is a bit ironic in his thinking. But of course, really, I've been we'd be remiss if we didn't say that this conflict really goes back 30 years. This is a crisis 30 years in the making since the fall of the Soviet Union. In 1991, December of 1991, when the USSR uh, was disabled, Vladimir Putin thought this was the saddest day in Russian history. The borders of Russia fell to the smallest they've ever been since 1654. Okay, when that little treaty was signed, uh, in Belarus, we was at a hunting lodge in Belarus. The leaders of USSR, Ukraine, and Belarus signed the USSR into oblivion. The Soviet Union dissolved, and they didn't even have a typewriter or computer. They just hand-wrote it. There's a lot of conspiracy about what exactly was agreed to. For someone like Putin, it appears he wants to reconstitute uh, maybe not just the Soviet Union, but the old Russian Empire. You know, Putin... He admires the czars, the, what he thinks are the great leaders. Certainly we saw this in the 5,000-word essay that Putin penned over the summer. Frankly, a blueprint of where we are today. Uh, just to save you this in time, and to give you the Cliff Notes version. In this essay, Putin thought, Putin claimed that Ukrainians and Russians are one people. He does not see them as two separate nations. When the Soviet Union disintegrated, Putin saw 12 million ethnic Russians suddenly waking up in a foreign land in Ukraine. Putin has wanted since then to put the two nations back together. And uh, clearly Putin is doing it by force because many Ukrainians, it's not just about Ukraine joining NATO. Most Ukrainians, it's not just here in the western part of the country. Ukrainians, by and large, they want to join the West. They want to join Europe. They're a very sophisticated population. They're eager to, to celebrate freedom, free market principles. Uh, they do not desire to be part of uh, President Putin's empire or under, ruling under his, living under his thumb. And so where, where do the people of Lviv go if they need to go? They are close to the Polish border. Um, obviously, military tries to stay in fight. Uh, we know that... Uh, uh, the Ukrainian government has been handing out weapons to veterans, hoping that they will engage uh, troops if necessary, that they would fight on the streets, that, that it would begin the urban warfare and insurgency even. But the women, the children, they have to go somewhere. We already hear that people are trying to make a run for the Polish border. What are their chances right now? Because Poland is, is Poland ready to, to let them all in? I mean, this the, theoretically millions of refugees. Well, there's some reports that the Polish are not letting them in. And for people here in Western Ukraine, many of them are sitting tight, but certainly uh, planning some kind of exit strategies, packing bags for sure, and also dusting off the keys to their bomb shelters. There's about 6,000 bomb shelters uh, in this town. We actually spoke to some of the residents earlier who showed us some of them. Uh, but, but make no mistake, uh, they're very fearful here, and they're afraid of what comes next. So far, Russian forces have not entered the city. However, on social media, we saw Russian forces heading south from Brest, Belarus. It's a city in the far west of the country, and it's just a five-hour drive from there down to here in Lviv, Ukraine. Lucas Tomlinson reporting from Lviv, Ukraine. Thank you for being with us on the Fox News Rundown, War in Ukraine. Evan, thank you so much for having me. 
You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.